Day five of the Kyler Use trial is wrapped up. And again, the prosecution covered a lot of ground. I believe they called 12 witnesses to the stand today. Um, and they started with Crystal Taylor, who uh, was the wife of Use stepbrother, Jessica Carter. Um, but for the majority of the day, they focused on testimony surrounding evidence in the Jessica Runyon's case. And jurors saw a lot of photos and heard from crime scene investigators and crime lab analysts. I'm Haley Godburn, and today I'm joined by Sarah Plake, who is at the courthouse for us. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for joining. Hi, thank you. So Sarah, I want to talk in depth about some of the evidence presented today, but first I want to hear your thoughts on Crystal Taylor's testimony and kind of her account of events with uh, Carter and used in the days after Jessica's disappearance. Okay. Yeah. So that was, that was the longest testimony of the day. So we know that Jessica Runyon's was last seen September 8th um, at night and then September 9th, she goes missing. So then um, it was the evening of September 9th and Crystal Taylor uh, and Jessica Carter lived together in Edwards, Missouri. Um, you know what? Honestly, I don't know off the top of my head where that is at. Um, I think it, it's pretty far out. Um, it's in Benton County. And um, yeah, um, I, I think it's probably an hour outside of Kansas City, I want to say. Yeah, and, oh, two hours, actually. Anyway, so that, if that just gives you a little bit of context, but um, it's near Warsaw. Anyway, so... Um, Jessup Carter gets a phone call from Jessup and Kyler's mother saying that Kyler is kind of demanding to see Jessup. And so Crystal Taylor says she doesn't really know what's going on, but she tags along with Jessup and they go pick up Kyler from his grandfather's house in um, it's like South Kansas city area. And that he kind of seemed like antsy, ready to go anxious. Then they go to um, their uncle Paul's house. Uh, in uh, Kansas City, Missouri. It's, it's like 59th in Manchester. And so she, there she starts getting nervous, she says, because um, it's her and Kyler in the car while Jessup and Uncle Paul are talking outside. And she's asking, hey, you know, how are you and your girlfriend? And she's talking about Jessica Runyon. Um, and uh, Kyler was like, oh, well, you know, we broke up, you know, she had too many men after her. What could I offer her? And Crystal's like, well, was it mutual? Do you guys still talk? He said, yeah, you know, whatever. And that was it. Um, and then he gets a phone call, she said, from somebody, um, you know, that she thought was asking about, you know, hey, where's Jessica? She's missing. And so she overhears, overhears you saying like, oh, you know, I, I talked to her, but, you know, she seemed kind of, you know, pissed off at me. And, um, you know, you, you, you should probably fill out a missing persons report. And so then she's starting to wonder like, okay, what's going on here? Um, and then she also remembered that he was a suspect in Kara Kotecki's disappearance 10 years prior. So then, um, you know, they leave. And uh, later on, Uncle Paul testifies that, um, but, you know, he had gone inside. And by the time he came back out, the, the trio had left, but there were um, his burn barrel. There, there were things burning in the burn barrel. And uh, KCPD would soon get a warrant after that to check the burn barrel. But from there, they go back to Kyler's grandpa's house. And then Taylor says, or Crystal Taylor says she is left in the basement. Like Kyler kind of like put her up, put her up down there. Like, hey, here's the TV. Watch some TV. Goes back upstairs and he and Jessup leave for a little while. And then they come back. Um, and then they're on their way back to Edwards. Missouri, um, they get pulled over. And then she said that Kyler starts freaking out at that point and said, Oh my God, somebody may as well just effing kill me. 
Um, so then they get pulled over. It turns out um, Jessup had like a broken taillight and then they find out he was driving on suspended uh, license and he didn't have proper insurance. Um, there was uh, one of the officers or the sheriff deputies that pulled them over described used as being uh, really nervous shaking uncontrollably and it looked like he'd peed his pants and then this turned out to be a huge back and forth between the defense and the you know prosecution and the defense saying well how do you know it was pee i mean it was this whole thing with with the with the whether or not he peed his pants um which was interesting but um anyway so then the three are let go um she had a gun though um i and i forgot to describe that part of the night um they had the trio had gone to one of Jessup's cousin's house um, in Lone Jack. And she said that Jessup kind of handed her a gun on the low and was like, hey, just put this on you. And Kyler didn't see that. But then Crystal's like, what is what is that, you know, happening right now? Um, so later on, when they were arrested, the sheriff's deputies took the gun away because Jessup was a felon. Um, so anyway, that whole thing happened. They ended up dropping Kyler off at some trailer that, you know, it was like a friend of theirs that was vacant. And uh, they dropped him off there, was like, hey, we'll come back and check on you. But then they went back to the mom's house, um, Jessup's mom's, and they immediately called police. And so then that's kind of where everything unfolded, where, you know, Ky Kyler was arrested and then the crime, you know, the investigators, detectives go to all the places that they were at that night and start finding evidence, things like that. So I know it's a long convoluted story, but I mean, it was really interesting to listen to. It seems like they were kind of all over the place um, during the course of those yes. events. And I was talking a little bit with Andres yesterday about the fact that we're learning so many more minute details about this case than we have known yeah. before based on court documents and stuff. So uh, kind of, I want your perspective on as someone who has covered this case for years, heard about this case for years, what, what are some of the details in that particular story that stand out to you? Well, it's just um, interesting to see how the, how the timeline plays out. Um, we knew about that traffic stop um, with Kyler Crystal and Jessup, but to hear her talk about it from her point of view and to like hear the actual details about it, it, it was very interesting. And then, um, we, you know, as somebody looking in, um, you start to piece it together yourself, kind of. And I know that's where the prosecution's going because um, you, Crystal said she was left alone by herself, doesn't know where they went, there was a burn barrel. Um, and then by the time Eust was arrested, you see all of his mug shots and, um, you know, the, the pictures that the crime scene tech took of him and all the, uh, it looks like burns and, you know, scratches on his face and his arms, blisters on his, on his fingers. I mean, just, um, seeing all this play out kind of like in chronological order is, is really, really interesting. I agree. Uh, I think it's worth noting that, which if you've been listening to the podcast, you know this already, but Jessup Carter did die by suicide in prison. So we won't be hearing from him. So really Crystal Taylor is kind of the only, only person we have to hear from about this part of the story. Right. Yeah. She said that after that night, um, you know, September 9th, going into September 10th, um, you know, they, they had called the police, the police came and got, the, you know, gave them statements. Um, two years later, though, uh, Jessup Carter, he was arrested for arson because he went back to Uncle Paul's house, the place where the burn barrel is, 
um, and set his house on fire. Or, uh, allegedly, that's what Uncle Paul said. He's like, I, I believe he set my house on fire. Um, and so then she kind of described how after that night, that initial night, things went downhill for them and they ended up separating. Um, and so Jessup is in jail for the arson and he, uh, he ended his life. Yeah. So I want to move on now to some of the evidence that they covered in court today. And you mentioned uncle Paul and the burn barrels. Um, and there was also another fire in this case and that was Jessica's car. And so we heard from people today, um, who frankly, I hadn't even thought about, um, but obviously had to play a role in this case. Um, so the first one was Galen Smith, who found her car. And the second was Stephen McElroy, who towed her car from the scene to the KCPD uh, lot. Um, and so that was some interesting testimony to hear. McElroy actually said that he kind of put two and two together when he saw a missing persons poster on Facebook uh, of Jessica and remembered her license plate number. And that's what he went to the the police station and actually ran into her parents there. Um, so I thought that was some really interesting yeah. testimony. And we've mentioned before that when uh, Eust was arrested, he had some injuries on his face and hands. And we saw some photos of those today. Sarah, can you describe what those photos showed? Yes. So they were pictures of his the front of his face and the sides of his face um, and of his hands. So it looks, you know, when he was first arrested, you can tell, I mean, it looks like he's got a, a, a pretty bad sunburn. Um, and then, so he was photographed that day. Um, he looks like, you know, he's got like a scratch on the side of, of his face. Um, he's got blisters on his fingers. And um, then the next day, I think another crime scene tech photographed him again, you know, and it, it looked like uh the injuries are kind of turning into scabs and like the redness on his face is, and it had gotten redder and you could see kind of like peeling and stuff. His, his, the tip of his nose was very red. Um, yeah. He just looked like he spent a lot of time in the sun, but that was a point, um, you know, of like going back and forth with the state and the prosecutor state and the uh, defense, because the defense was trying to say that uh, trying to lead us, lead the jury to consider whether Tyler got burned from that burn barrel at uncle Paul's house. But, um, there was a, you know, a bomb and arson expert, um, with, you know, the KCPD crime, you know, squad. And he was saying that, you know, if, if somebody were to get burned by lighting a burn barrel with aerosol, aerosol cans on in, inside of it, you'd have to be leaning over it and you'd get, you know, way worse burns than what we saw on use. And so he said, when um, you light a car on fire and gas is used as an accelerant, which they did find gasoline as an accelerant, um, it kind of creates like this big flash. And if you're standing near the car, then that flash could definitely burn your face, uh, singe your hair. And so we heard from another analyst who analyzed the, the facial hair, uh, use facial hair. And he said, yes, they are consistent with being burned. So it was so much stuff to hear today. It was crazy. It was. So you mentioned kind of the prosecution is kind of laying the groundwork for this argument that these are burn injuries consistent with lighting a car on fire is what they are trying to paint a picture of to the jury. And so the defense's line of questioning is kind of they want the jury to believe that it was, oh, he was just burning garbage in these burn barrels. 
more testimony we heard today um, came from a DNA analyst who uh, performed some testing in this case. Can you talk about what she had to say? Yes. So part of it was, a big part of it was this striped hoodie. And I think it's just a Runyon's hoodie. Um, I'm not sure though, Um, but it it looked like it was a girl's hoodie, um, like a striped kind of hooded sweatshirt. Um, But Taylor testified that one of the times that they had gone back to the grandpa's house, she saw Kyler throw some things in the bushes. And so when the police were called out there, they found this hooded sweatshirt in the bushes. And um, there were some discoloration, some kind of stains on it. However, it, she, she said it wasn't consistent with blood, but um, there were several parts on that piece of clothing that showed Runyon's and used DNA on it. She did say there were at least three contributors, but the two that she found, um, you know, like in one part of it, like two major contributors were used and Runyon's. And then the third was a minor contributor for DNA that was so minute that, you know, it, it basically wasn't testable and that she didn't have anyone else to test that that DNA against. So, um, but she did find both their DNA on that, on that hoodie. So it, it's, if that's what Taylor, Taylor is saying, you know, he threw that out in the bushes for whatever reason. Right. So a lot of information for the jury today in terms of timeline and in terms of what physical evidence they have in this case. Um, so Sarah, was there anything else about today's testimony that stood out to you? Um, well, I mean, all of it, all of it was very interesting, but I, I think that, I think we covered it. I mean, Crystal Taylor's was the longest testimony and I think it was the most interesting testimony because it kind of laid the groundwork for everything that came after that. Um, and kind of gave us an inside look at what was going on after Jessica Runyon's went missing. All right. So I think we'll wrap up here. Judge Collins does plan to hold Saturday court. So they'll start up again at 830 tomorrow morning. And the prosecution is prepared to call 10 more witnesses. Uh, We'll have another update at the end of the day. But in the meantime, you can go to kshb.com slash use trial for our live blog of the day's proceedings and all of our previous episodes. Sarah, I want to thank you for joining us and giving us some perspective on all of this evidence that we saw today. Of course. Oh, and um, I was tweeting all day long and my tweets are pretty detailed. So um, if you're able to, you can go back on Twitter and find me at Sarah Plake TV and you can kind of read through my tweets there if you want to. Yes, would highly recommend that. Sarah provides great context um, on her Twitter feed. Another way to search for him is with the hashtag use trial. So we will see you tomorrow. Thanks.